Good morning and welcome to the Automation Morning Show for Tuesday, December 19th, 2023. My name is Sean Tierney from Insights and Automation, and this is a show where I talk about what's new and happening in industrial automation. I hope your day is off to a great start, the final week before uh, the Christmas uh, break, and I uh, just hope you're all doing well. Um, I know a lot of people take vacation time during Christmas, but a lot of people like to work too because it's a slower time of year and they can get a lot of the backlog stuff that they have done. That's what usually what I do this year. This year I'm going on vacation, but uh, in any case, I hope you're having a great day. I also want to send out birthday wishes to anybody who has a birthday, including my second daughter, Mary. Happy birthday, Mary. I hope you have an awesome day. I'm so proud of you um, running your own business, uh, being a single mom, taking care of a toddler and uh, just uh, doing everything that you do and you do so much. Uh, not only for your business, for your child, but also for the community and the family. So a uh, very, very happy birthday to you and to anybody who has a birthday today. And with the birthday wishes out of the way, I do want to check the uh, board here, make sure everything's looking okay. I tried to get the lights out as far as possible out of the way. We're taking a break from taking pictures. Uh, got a lot of new products coming in. It does look like the, the, um, the table got shifted a little bit here, but uh, that's okay. Yeah. But in any case, I hope you're having a great day. I do have the chat up if you want to say hi. Please feel free to. And with that, let's go ahead and get started with today's news. And uh, we'll start over at theautomationblog.com with a reminder that if you do enjoy these shows, please give us a like, a sub, and a share, because that's the fuel that keeps us on the air. And um, if you want to see the show, keep coming back for more episodes, please. And I, I do want to thank everybody who does so. You guys are great. Really appreciate you guys. Uh, from there... I do want to also thank today's sponsor, Siemens, who is sponsoring the Automation Morning Show today. And I really want to say thank you to them. And I'm looking forward to learning all about V19. Here you can see uh, we're looking at a page about uh, WinCC Unified V19. So in any case, from there we go over to an article from Rockwell. And this uh, article is talking about the Micro 800 and using it in applications. What I found was more interesting about this article was the fact that it mentioned CCW22 was out. And I didn't see that announced anywhere. Unlike Lidger and, uh, you know, the uh, downloads and, you know, just so many different things with Rockwell blogs and podcasts, finding what's new with uh, firmware and uh, software releases is, I find, pretty difficult. It used to not be that way, but when they updated their website, I lost the ability to do that. Now, if you guys know of a link where I can find the latest patches and latest releases let me know but i've yet to find it i've been successful finding everything else except that on their website so in any case uh, i did pull down the release notes for ccw 22 and i just wanted to take a minute to go over them with you in case you haven't had a chance to look at them i'm not going to go through all of them but um i wanted to kind of hit the high points here of what's new and for what i'm seeing um the first thing that the major first update is Supporting Micrologic's legacy address mapping in the new Micro 870, the L70E. So um, that's only for that one model, but if you do have that new L70E, you will be able to uh, do your PC cubed legacy messaging and uh, mimic your Micrologic's addressing like N7, F8, T4. I haven't used it. I was looking up the prices of those units. They're nearly $1,000, so... Um, we just, just to just look at that one feature, we can, we can't, uh, justify buying one, but if you were looking for that feature, that's, uh, that's brand new. Uh, some other usability things that's supporting bit level commenting now in CCW and the, they're supporting real time clock for daylight savings 
in the 850 and 870s version 22 and in the 820s version 14. Um, the 830, I believe, has been discontinued, although it was a great serial-only uh, controller. You know, the, I think most of the, most of the, you know, if you don't want the smart relay, then you probably want something on Ethernet. So those are the big, uh, the big uh, changes. There's some, you know, a lot of anomaly fixes and bug fixes and so on. So I'd love to get your thoughts on that. I, I was kind of hoping for some more, some more uh, additional things, but um, in any case, it is what it is. That's the release we got. So from there, we go over to SMC. Now they have two new products listed here. And unfortunately, like normal, when I go to these when I go to these new products, they usually have a link to a PDF that shows me all the details, and that's what I share with you. Today they don't, so I'm going to hold off talking about these two products, and maybe they'll have those PDFs on Thursday. But in any case, for those wondering, um, uh, we're looking at here. We're looking at the PFMV5 and the PFGV301 series. From there, we go to Bama. Now they have a new product. This is a new level sensor, right? So this, uh, this claim the fame of this unit is it uh, will give you accurate point levels despite films and adhesion, okay? So this is their PL240 sensor, and they're saying it's, it's great for uh, fluid monitoring in, in tanks even when um, you have uh, media that may be film forming, right? So in any case, this is a capacitive sensor, and... Um, it's the latest and greatest from Bomber. So check that out if that's something you can see. You can see on one side it looks like we have a film-based, something that's leaving a film. The other one seems like it's foaming quite a bit. And so these sensors are supposed to be good in both those applications. From there we go over to AS Rock Industrial. And I thought this was interesting because they're announcing their new Nuke Ultra 100 box, right? So we've seen their Nukes boxes before. Those are those small uh, computers, right? And these, of course, are industrial. But uh, what's special about this one is it's the first one I've seen out there with the new, uh, I should say, Intel Core Ultra processors, the Meteor Lake H processors, right? CPUs. So this includes um, the integrated uh, Intel Arc graphics as well as a dedicated MPU AI engine. So very interesting there. I uh, hope to learn more about all these technologies. I have not been up to speed on the Ultra processors from Intel. And I haven't looked at ARC in a while, so hopefully we'll see more articles about this in the, uh, in the coming days. From there, we go over to our featured product today. Today, we're featuring our Siemens S7 Level 1 course. This is uh, on the S7 1200 and 1500. Uh, we've actually, you were using this course as a template for all our new courses that we've been sharing the hardware with you over the last few weeks. And um, you may notice that uh, the, the lesson numbers are not... Uh, consecutive and that's because we leave room for new lessons and we will have uh, new lessons coming uh, when we film this course a lot of products were kind of backlogged so we have a lot of products we still got to get to and add to this course and we will be doing so here in 2024 as we film the adjacent lessons in the other courses so but if you're looking for uh, uh, what I would say modestly say is a good deal I mean it's 25% off it's $149 you get access to it for life and you can ask questions for life. And we had some great questions come up. You can see all the, uh, the student Q&A too. So if you don't have any questions of your own, you can still see what the other students are asking and you can see the instructor's answers. In this case, it's me on those, uh, on those questions. So um, I think it's a very good, I know uh, some of the folks at Siemens took it and they said it, I did a great job. And um, you know, I'm, I'm learning too. So more lessons are coming because as I learn new things, we'll be adding it to the course. And of course, the questions the students have are always great in helping uh, give ideas for new lessons as well. 
So from there, we go uh, to Software Toolbox. And uh, this is an article about exploring Data Hub's alarm and a notifications plugin. So if you're using Data Hub, this looked really interesting on how, what the things, different things they can do with alarms and uh, not just uh, email, but uh, you know, SMS and other things. So you might be interested in that if you're using their Data Hub. From there, we go over to an article from Universal Robots. And this article talks about six benefits of co that cobots can deliver in medical device manufacturing. And this is really kind of in any type of manufacturing where you may have CNCs or, or injection molds and you, know, you may have a, a labor shortage and you need somebody to stand there and load and unload things. Um, you know, we've been talking a lot in the last couple of weeks about welding with robots and cobots, but uh, this is also another area, especially earlier in the year, we talked about this quite a bit. And, um, you know, we'll just go through a couple of these bullets here. Um, you know, it helps address labor shortages. A lot of the new generation, uh, they don't want to work on a plant floor. They want more of a high-tech job. You know, this is the generation that grew up with touchscreens. And uh, so that, that can be helpful. So instead of somebody sitting there and doing kind of a mindless job, I've had those jobs as a kid you know, way back in the Stone Age, and uh, they're, they're very boring, so <laughs> hence mindless jobs. But in any case, when you're feeding a machine all day, that's, that's, that's very boring. But in any case, um, uh, you know, this is also, they're much more cost-effective than legacy robots because they're smaller and, and more, uh, you know, they ship faster and they're easier to program. And so just, those are just a couple of the bullets from this story, and I thought it was an interesting article, so I wanted to share it with you. I also have another article here. Uh, about robots, but this time it's automating your warehouse, right? And this is from Locus Robotics. They're really big into the AMR and, uh, and that whole automated uh, warehouse space. And they talk about, uh, you know, nine steps to go from manual to automated in your warehouse. And um, a lot of this, uh, you know, comes down to, you You know, you have to know your goals for the project, right? And, and this is true of any project, right? Are you looking to increase speed, in this case, increase the speed at which you pick uh, orders, right? Are you looking to cut training? So are you spending too much time training and training and training? Do you wanna cut that down by automating some of the processes you spend a lot of time training on? And then third, reduce errors, right? So a lot of times this can be inspection. In the case of a warehouse, it could be shipping errors, right? People picking the wrong things. I mean, how many of us have had, actually, I think it was my Asus Rock motherboard where the guy at Amazon picked the wrong part and I didn't realize it because the part numbers were so similar until after the computer was built and running for a couple weeks. It's like, oh, I should have, I should have paid closer attention. But, you know, when you buy a, a you know, a $300 motherboard and you get a $150 motherboard, that's a downer, <laughs> you know. So, um, so I thought it was a really good article and I wanted to recommend it out today. Uh, from there, we go over to an article from Stahl. Now, this is part of their digital series. And here they're talking about digital maintenance manuals. And this really got my thought process going this morning. What are you thinking about all the advantages? You know, all OEMs and large integrators, when they do a big project or build a big machine, they have a maintenance manual that goes with it. Just like when you buy any type of, uh, you know, yard equipment or whatnot, you, you get that kind of uh, manual with, your, uh, with that equipment as well. You know, you got to take care of the equipment. It needs servicing, you know. In the case of home equipment, you need the, you know, oil or storing the batteries in, you know, a certain temperature range. You don't want them to, to, to be out left out in the sun or, or frozen or whatever. But in any case... Um, there are a lot of advantages to going digital with the maintenance manuals, and some of them include, you know, letting the operators make notations, right? And um, looking at different revs, like if the if the manual get revved, what's changed, you know? So, um, a very interesting article, especially as more and more people are, you know, ditching, you know, physical copies and going to digital copies. 
you know, what, what can uh, we take advantage of with a digital maintenance manual? So pretty interesting stuff. If you have thoughts on that, please send them in using our talkback link. Now, from there, we go over to an article from Siemens. It's not a very long article, but I still enjoyed it. It's uh, talking about how to address demands of the electronics industry using, in this case, they're talking about optical inspection, right? Which is done in a lot of industries, as we've seen on the show, not just electronics. And they talk about their S200, a servo drive. And I thought this was very interesting. We actually have it coming out mid-January, a, uh, a episode of the show, the podcast, where I sit down with Siemens and we talk about the S200 and S220. So I'm looking forward to releasing that uh, coming up in just a few weeks. And uh, I thought this article was pretty interesting, how they're talking about the S200 servo drive system, how it's compact, how it's very accurate, and uh, how it can be applied in those type of inspection systems. So I wanted to share that. And um, I found this article, which I really enjoy these you know, end of year roundups. We'll be doing our own probably the first week of January due to being out next week. Um, usually I would do it next week, but uh, you know, you got to go on vacation once in a while, right? Um, in any case, uh, the best mobile credential readers of 2024, and this is RF Ideas. Now, I think that should be of 2023, but in any case, um, that's neither here nor there. So let's take a look at uh, these really quick. So the first one is the mobile mini, and this supports NFC and Bluetooth. Okay, so this would be great. Um, you know, this, especially if you're going to use like a smart device or cell phone for your credentials. The second one is my favorite, though, because this is a three-in-one system. So this one supports fingerprint reading, right, which you'll always have your fingerprint with you. Um, it also includes mobility features, and it, it supports smart cards or proximity cards. So I kind of like that three-in-one. I'm a big fan of the smart card, but, you know, having the smart card, well, if, if one of your colleagues kind of lifted it off of you, then the fingerprint uh, reader kind of makes sure that they didn't also take your finger with them. But in any case, um, as we see in all those like uh, Mission Impossible movies, right? And um, the third one is uh, their mobile reader for HID mobile access. And uh, this one supports, not only does it support mobile authentication, but also supports multiple card systems. So I don't know if you guys have gone this route. I mean, if, as far as I'm concerned, I'd love to get these, especially if I could mount it to the panel, assuming that the area is clean enough to do that. But um, so I would avoid have to remember these long, complex passwords. But in any case, I wanted to share that. And then we go over to our guide of the day. Today we're featuring our S7500 guide. So if you're not aware, over at theautomationblog.com, we're celebrating our 10th anniversary. I got to take that off because we'll be uh, ending the celebration here at the end of the year. And, um, we, you know, we took, we have over 1,700 articles and videos on uh, using automation and about what's new and what new products are available and how to use them. And uh, this particular guide is a compilation of all that content, over 40 articles and videos on using the SM1500. And it's not just me. I've, I've done some uh, interviews with Siemens and several interviews with them. I've unboxed uh, some of their PLCs and uh, put them through the first time using. I've unboxed some of their HMIs. I've also done articles about... Um, you know, programming them for the first time using high-speed counters. And then we had Brandon write several articles on using the SM1200. And we've actually had other freelancers write articles about, um, you know, STL language and using PLC Advanced and writing your first function block and so on. So uh, I think it's a good smattering of products. So this is the one where I was showed how you can use the SM1500 to read directly from Control Logics. No expensive bridge or gateway needed. It can just read directly from it. 
and uh, and so on. And we, we're hoping to do a lot of V19 stuff as well as we go into 2024. But in any case, that is completely free, and it's over at theautomationblog.com. From there, we go over to newsletters. We had a few newsletters come out uh, this week. So we have a, a new one from Posital, and they, they're featuring their IX Arc Absolute Encoders, their um, Wigan IoT Node Kit, and their analog inclinometers. Now, we've covered all three of these products in previous shows, so I'm not going to go into details, but I did like how they uh, worked in Santa Claus and some reindeer and Christmas trees into their uh, their images featuring, uh, featuring their products. So uh, from there, we go into a new... Uh, monthly newsletter from Automation Direct. It's, we're up to uh, 25, the 25th year of them doing this. This is issue number 12. We got a couple of case studies here or application notes. This one here about the campground we already looked at in a previous show, but this other one here talks about how a racing uh, group is using linear position sensors. And then they also have articles on some Toshiba and U.S. Motor, motors, as well as some... Uh, uh, pet, petile or petite, any series visual alumina, uh, visual, audible visual. Yeah, you can see the text a little bit long. Maybe I should make that bigger. But in any case, um, they're beacons. They're visual beacons. And um, all kinds of other things that we've actually covered. Some of the power supplies, some of the productivity open products we've covered pre in previous shows, as well as um, a video and you know just the normal fear here's a uh, 16 tips for you uh, an effective hmi featuring seymour their hmi and so that's their newsletter for this month and then now i know we don't typically get into railway controls but um i thought this was very interesting pills has an application story about their rail uh solution their rail controller and it looks really cool and um i just wanted to share it with you i was reading through it and i, I have no idea you know i've never worked in any automation on the rail side of things. So I just thought it was very interesting. I wanted to share that. Then we go over to Opto 22 and they have a very in-depth, I thought it was very well done, well-written, in-depth uh, application uh, story about how they helped um, prevent spills. So uh, part of the, um, you know, uh, mining or drilling for oil is you get uh, some salt water, right, as a byproduct. And so this talks about that this Point Energy Partners company, they have to, uh, they have to store that and then uh, dispose of it. And they talk about every time they have a spill, it could cost up to $200,000, you know, in costs, right? And so they didn't have like a SCADA system. Everything was kind of on-site and manual control. There was some auto control with manual overrides. And so they talked about the system they put in with their, with their, uh, with their PLCs and remote I.O., in this case, I believe they're using the Groove Remote I.O. as a PLC. Remember, we talked about that in a recent episode, how their Groove I, Remote I.O. blocks got the, the capabilities to become PLCs using CodeSys. And so I thought it was a very interesting article. They work in um, Spark plug into the article. They work in Ignition, and they also work in Ragin. And uh, um, for those of you who don't know, we've actually had CodeSys, CodeSys, CodeSys on the show back on podcast 91. So if you're not familiar with them or you want to get up to speed on that, um, we had uh, uh, Ragent on. They're the ones who do the industrial mesh networking that's talked about in that article. We've had them on the show back in podcast 174. And then, we, of course, we've had Inductive on uh, to talk about Ignition back in podcast 124. 
So um, we have shows with those vendors um, on each of those vendors over at theautomationblog.com. From there, we'll go into videos. And I thought this was very interesting. We haven't seen uh, something new from Acromag in a while. They do a lot of different stuff that outside of what our normal industry is. But they do have a great line of uh, Modbus TCP, Ethernet IP, and uh, Profinet IO. And uh, this one talks about their RTD and resistance sensor types. And I thought the article was, uh, the video was very informative. I'm surprised too, it has a, one of those extreme wide temp ranges. I think it's minus 40 to plus 70C. And of course, um, the Profinet's not ready. It, it has been added to some of the other products, but it's still uh, coming for this product, but it's software selectable. So, you know, it's one of the great things I think is a, a great trend is the products are getting that as a software selection. You don't have to actually buy a different physical, you know, head or adapter or, uh, or um, uh, you know, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, um, we'll call it an adapter like the Rockwell guys do. And uh, it's nice to have that to be software selectable. Uh, coupler, that's what I was thinking about. A lot of people use the word coupler. But in any case, from that video, we'll go over to downloads. Now, um, over at Rockwell Automation, I try to check, every day we have a show, I try to check their uh, sample code library to look for new downloads. This is one thing where they make it very easy, just like with the literature, to find out what's new. Um, and here... There were just a, so many for AMCI that uh, I'm not going to link to. And there hadn't been anything in like six months. I think last time we talked about it was something for the Micro 800. But I just wanted to show you here everything, all the things that are new for AMCI. Um, we'd love to get AMCI on the show. I've reached out to them several times, but it's like uh, you know, crickets. Um, but in any case, uh, you get a 1734.io module. You get an ET Motion product. You get a NXEE2 SSI interface. You get an NR60E2 Ethernet encoder. You got a SMDXXE2 stepper motor, uh, more stepper controllers, resolver interfaces, and that's it. So you can see those. We hadn't had anything. Uh, it was the Micro 800 uh, MQTT sample code back in July. That was the last uh, sample code we've seen from them. So um, a lot of if you're using AMCI, you may want to check those out because those may reduce your programming time. They may have been available on AMC's website for a while and just got added to the sample code. I don't know. But in any case, uh, from there, another download we had, at first I thought this was WinCC Unified V19 Trial, but it's actually the Plant Intelligence Options V19 Trial. So um, I'm not familiar with that, but if you want to know more about this, I'll include the link at automate.news. We also have some new GSD files for the ET200SP and the ET200SPIO. So those are important if you're doing any Profinet with those products, that's their really popular distributed IO line. Um, as far as documentation, we have a new document from Rockwell on SIP security. I don't know much about SIP security. I'd love to learn more. Um, but uh, in any case, they have a new uh, manual on that. And then they have uh, updated more of the Micro 800 manuals, which is great for us. We've seen almost all of their Programmable controller manuals updated here in the fall, which is great because we're recording new courses. I'm actually working on this lesson right now. So, um, you know, it's great to have updated uh, Micro 800, uh, Micro 820 user manual. And then uh, we get the technical data sheet for all the Micro 800s. We get the installation instruction for all the Micro 800s. This usually includes the wiring diagrams. Okay, and I know we looked at a similar document recently from them. Um, and then we have... Uh, a Micro 830, 850, and 870 uses manual. And uh, switching gears, we go over to Siemens, and they have a new manual on 
step seven in WinCC Engineering version 19. So um, if you're jumping on V19, you may want to grab a copy of this PDF. It looks like it is, I don't know, am I reading that correctly? 20,000 pages. <laughs> Come on, really? Is it that? Yeah, 21,000 pages. So you'll have plenty of reading <laughs> if, you're, uh, if you jump into this manual. From there, we also have over on Emerson's website, we have uh, new manuals on the Heart IP interface. We have a new data sheet on the AMS online prediction and protection and process monitor. Okay, we also have a new data sheet on the AMS wireless vibration monitor. Dutch had a new a video on the AMS software, but um, if you're interested in that, I was watching it. I'm like, I, I'm going to pass on it for the show. But in any case, they also have a, a new uh, installation manual for the uh, Rosemont Tank Master mobile uh, and Rosemont Tank Master. Uh, they have a user guide for it as well. And finally, over at the, I believe this is Omron, we have a, uh, a new data sheet on their handheld barcode reader, their HS360X. And with that, we get into our other science and technology section of the show. And this first article is from Honeywell, and it talks about how they're working with a company to make more efficient um, hydrogen. Okay, so the company is called... I believe it's called Zone Flow, and they have a new product which they're scaling up that will make a, a new reactor technology that will make producing hydrogen much more effective, cost-effective. And of course, we've talked about hydrogen because it's that it's that um, it's the, one of the uh, new energy sources. Whether you're using it in a fuel cell or you're using it in a combustion engine, internal combustion engine, it's one of those very clean new fuel sources that I shouldn't say new. But it's getting a lot of press these days because it is it is clean and can be used in so many applications and can be shipped easily, right? Uh, from there, we go over to IEEE Spectrum. They had a couple of, uh, you know, if you're really following chip making and, and details about chips, 3D chips and who's doing what, these two articles will be for you. It won't be for the, for the general audience, but I did want to share them. Uh, this talks about Intel hoping to leapfrog chip make competitors, chip making competitors in 2024. It talks about what they're releasing later this year. Um, also, there's an article here about at the recent uh, uh, big uh, event, I forget the name of it, it was an IEEE event, uh, Intel, Samsung, and TSMC demoed 3D stacked transistors. So this leads to 3D chips, which we talk about quite a bit. But uh, both of those are pretty in-depth, and uh, so I'm not going to talk about them anymore. I did want to talk a little bit about uh, Amazon, they're firing up their new space lasers. What does that mean? So they have a system that's uh, similar to Starlink from uh, Elon Musk and SpaceX, and uh, they're calling it, I think, it's, I think this is the, the, the code name, Cupiter, uh, K-U-I-P-E-R. And uh, as this picture shows, they expect to have thousands, you know, I think it's three or 4,000 satellites up providing uh, internet uh, connectivity to those of us on the ground but they'll interconnect with each other using lasers. And um, they're saying that they have some really high throughputs uh, from peer-to-peer. -peer. a matter of fact, uh, the article says that light travels 50% faster through a vacuum, or the near vacuum of orbit, versus through glass. So they're thinking that you'll actually be able to communicate faster uh, uh, through this satellite system than you would through like a, a, you know, a transatlantic cable. So very interesting article. I think uh, um, uh, if you're interested in that topic, you'll find this article interesting. 
And with that, I do want to thank Siemens for sponsoring our show today. Here you can see the unified comfort panels. Can't wait to learn more about the new basic version of those. Um, also, if you think I missed any news, please use our news tip to send it in. Um, also, I want to thank everybody who's following us over at automation.locals.com. Um, we had some great back and forth last week. I think we're up to 1,363 followers. So thank you. This is our community. Unlike, unlike LinkedIn, where we have thousands and thousands of followers, but it's really just for posting and sharing stuff. This is more of a Q&A community. Now, I do post everything I do here, so people can come here. They don't have to go to all the different social media sites. But uh, this is great for the Q&A community. It replaces the automation forums because it's... Uh, Really, for $2 a month, that's the barrier to access. So when people ask questions, we know they're serious and they're going to come back and look for the answers. So uh, and it's just fun to be able to chat with the, with the community. Um, and with that, I do want to appreciate you folks who picked up copies of my eBooks or my video collections over at theautomationblog.com, as well as those of you who picked up uh, the coffee cups and T-shirts. Really appreciate you guys. Um, and finally, 7.59, I just want to thank everybody and for watching the show and also remind you if this is your first time watching that every single link that we've covered every article story publication we've covered all year in over 150 episodes uh, you will find at automate.news no www no.com just automate.news and with that the clock turns over to uh, eight o'clock so I will uh, wish you all an awesome Tuesday. I hope you're enjoying the holiday. I wanted to get some decorations up behind me. Never did. Um, but uh, in any case, hey, it's just a busy time of year for a lot of us. So I hope you are enjoying your holiday seasons. There's not too much time left to enjoy it. So put on some holiday music. For me, it's Christmas music. I got the Christmas tree up. I got the nativity scene up. Uh, we actually had uh, my wife's, uh, the folks from my wife's work over. We had a Christmas party. So um However you celebrate your holidays, I hope you take some time this week as it's the final week before, for most of us, the end of the holiday season, and it really enjoy it. And with that, I want to wish you an awesome day. We'll be back on Thursday, so we're doing winter hours right now. So we'll see you again on Thursday. And uh, with that, I want to wish you an awesome day today and tomorrow. And I want to encourage you to stay courageous and stay fearless. And until next time, my friends, peace.